Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's our season three kickoff. And Tim is with me, as always, from the great day, white eh? north. So say hello, Tim. Good day, eh? We've got so much headed your way here on this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. But, Tim, you know a good place to start? Uh, no, go ahead and tell me what. where are we starting. The beginning. <laughs> You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at WideJump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Why Men Can't Jump, it's season three, it is episode 101, you know Tim, the other day I was on my Facebook and my memories popped up and it was just a mere two years ago that Wide Men Can't Jump had its very first episode. You didn't see that stunning Facebook announcement that you and I had in fact been Facebook friends for two years and played a lovely little video? It really did, didn't it? I saw that. That was that was so nice. Made me laugh. You right. and I going down on a roller coaster. Oh boy, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> no I mean, time, I like no time soon. Roller no. coaster. <laughs> I'm no time <laughs> well, speaking of music, Nate. Oh God, you're right. We've brought up music, so we've got a musical compilation or something here i don't even know what this is i haven't heard it rusty shackleford came up to me two seconds before airtime that's what that was the minor delay before the show started and he said we had to play this first thing so um well i'm not sure what it is in all full disclosure this is me but uh, this is part of my uh, ongoing um reparations to the canadian government Uh, i was Mm. forced to do this by government so uh uh, I apologize ahead of time, but I think it's a pretty good piece, actually. But anyway, well, let's check it out. Here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Tim from Wide Men Can't Jump. Of course, if you don't know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just announced its annual inductees or nominees for the uh, next year's inductions. And of course, once again, there was controversy about the names. 
And I, in particular, was quite upset because one real famous group was not on there. And, of course, well, I'll get to their name in a minute. First, we'll give you a little history. Um, if you listen to this show, you know about uh, T.R. Shock, Tom Robinson, and uh, Joe Matt fan, which, of course, is uh, Karen from Philly. But what you don't know is that they are, in fact, both big, big players in the music industry. Uh, give you a little history. Uh, they were both in uh, quite a few mainstream bands that then became popular uh, later on in their careers. Uh, they were both in the uh, Smashing Zucchinis, which of course became the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, they had a big hit song there called I Wonder If It Will Fit. Go figure. Uh, then they were in the Goo Goo On Dolls. And their hit there was uh, How to Clean Sticky Plastic. Of course, oh, that switched to Goo Goo yeah, Dolls. Oh, um, they were both in Limp Biscuit. Uh, they wrote a song for them called It Happens to Everyone. <laughs> and, of course, uh, they were uh, in the Karen and the Blowfish, which was uh, Don't oh, Knock man. It Until You Tried It. And, of course, that became uh, when they left uh, Darius Rucker and uh, became Hoodie and the Blowfish. What you don't know for sure now, if you did know that, which most people don't, is that they then decided to get into the rap game. Oh, no. Uh, they had several names before they hit it big. Some of these may uh, ring a bell for some of you. Uh, Little K and the Shockers. Uh, the Backdoor Boys. Oh, no. DJ Jazzy Tom and the Fresh Queen. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Shocking Pink Clam. They were great. Oh, man. But then they hit on a winner with uh, Lil' K-Swizzle and T.R. Shocky Jockey. <laughs> now, these songs you do know, unless you've been living under a rock, and I submit them as a reason why these two should be in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, uh, who can forget that big hit, Delivering Your Package While Holding Mine? Uh, of course, uh, followed up by Too Much Month at the End of the Money. Uh, something everyone can identify with. Uh, showing off their Philadelphia roots. Uh, my bookie thinks I'm dead white, I bet against the spread. Of course. Um... And then uh, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. A clever, <laughs> witty song. Only those two could come up with that. Uh, and then uh, two more personal songs. Uh, Cock Blocking Cat, which of course uh, Tom Robinson has the lead vocal. And I Like It Big and Black, which of course is uh, Karen from Philly is the lead vocalist on that song. Of course, as you all know, that's uh, an ode to uh, her love of uh, limousines, of course. <laughs> and then what really sets them apart from the rest of the groups, their huge number one hit, platinum bestseller worldwide, uh, Living in a Delco Paradise. I don't know what more you would want, what more you would require. I mean, these two are 
legends uh, in their own minds and in their own time, uh, and our time for that matter. Uh, I can't say enough good about these two. Um, two of the coolest dudes I know. Uh, and I use the word dudes. Uh, I guess maybe that's the wrong word to use. Uh, two of the coolest people I know. How's that? Um, they're both wonderful. They both make me laugh. And uh, if anybody deserves uh, a nomination and a, a place in the Hall of Fame, it's these two. So uh, that's it for uh, Wide Man Can't Jump Music Moment. This is Tim. And uh, now back to our regular scheduled programming. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is your musical update from Tim. Always trying to just, you know, bring a little bit of classiness to the show, Nick. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly you are, Tim. Stay tuned for the Bogus Report. Yeah, coming your way a little bit later. But uh, speaking of classy, Tim, Stay Classy Meats. They're one of our great sponsors here on the show, Wide Men Can't Jump. I've been making some steaks recently and oh my goodness fantastic top quality and i showed a picture of one of them to a friend of mine and he says my goodness and i i hadn't heard this before but this is new he said look at that marble oh that's nice so yeah look at that marble on the steaks it's gorgeous you gotta check it out stay classy meats head on over stayclassymeats.com where if you use promo code widemen you can save 10 percent on your order and get a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Tim, stay classy meats all the way. Gotta love them, mate. Gotta love them, although I've never tried them, but I still love them. <laughs> you, you'd love them more if they shipped to Canada, but let's hear some more from our good friends at Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code wide men to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code wide men, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection, whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire. You can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. And thanks again to our good friends at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. Let's dive into a little news and some updates here from around the NBA. Um, as of reported last week, the Houston Rockets waived Anthony Bennett. The former number one overall pick in the draft has been waived, and that is all for him for now in the NBA. They waved him down to the uh, – didn't even wave him down to the G League, eh? No, they just waved him. They said, see ya. Done. Bye. It's one of those. You know, you uh, look back. back it's one of those back roads, two fin- one of those back roads, two finger waves when you pass somebody that you think you might know, but you're not sure, and you do that little, yeah, but you know, that little for finger, the most you know part, yeah. 
For the most part, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, if we go back with Bennett, um, let's go ahead and look back at his uh, – he's had chance after chance. I mean, he, he was coming out of UNLV. He was absolutely fantastic. In 2013 NBA draft, he goes number one overall to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, at the time, it seemed like the right pick. Honestly, it really did. Um, however, when you look at it now, whoo, my, whoo, that Ooh. was not exactly, uh, not exactly go as planned. Uh, you know, I hate to speak ill of a Canadian, mate. <laughs> yes, you do. But I have to say that he has got to be up there in the uh, top five uh, biggest uh, draft busts in history. Uh, he may be the top draft bust in NBA history. Uh, he really just, you know, never got it going. Which... Well, let's look at let's look at some of the guys that came out of this draft here. Anthony Bennett goes number one um, to Cleveland. He was just a freshman coming out. Number two was Victor Oladipo. He's had a nice career, doing well now with the Pacers. Had to find his way, but he's gotten there. Otto Porter, man, eh, kind of, you know, kind of journeyed a little bit. Cody Zeller, he kind of is what he is. Alex Lynn never proved to be a whole lot. Nerlens Noel, he's bounced around. A journeyman center, Ben McLemore, kind of whatever. Uh, not really, didn't really do much. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, he's a good shooter. He's got kind of a nice role as a shot, uh, a shot taker. Trey Burke, uh, again, another journeyman, traveled all over. Uh, here's probably here's two of the be- two of the best players in the draft came in the the number ten spot. Number ten was C.J. McCollum. All uh, right, he got he got he gets taken by the Portland Trailblazers. He's had a nice career for them so far. So he's probably to this point he's the best player taken. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams goes to the Sixers. Um, He's kind of been around the league now. Steven Adams, that's a solid pick for Oklahoma City. Kelly Olenek, another guy who's kind of been around. He's a big guy. Don't hear much from this guy anymore, Shabazz Muhammad. At number 14, my Minnesota Timberwolves got him. Um, But here was the find find of the draft, ladies and gentlemen. At number 15, the first pick outside of the lottery – the Milwaukee Bucks took Giannis and of the lottery. Would you and, believe you know, when you took Giannis Antetokounmpo, it cut out on me, and I never heard a word you said that was like you were stuttering over the name. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was hilarious. Yes. Um, At 15. I was going to add, Nate, that uh, West Virginia has to take its share of the uh, blame for uh, Anthony Bennett. Wow. Well, you do know he he did play uh, high school basketball in Beckley. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andrew Wiggins actually played uh, high school basketball in Huntington. So we've had a lot to do with some – how did a guy not end up like? Isn't it strange that you would move from Ontario to West Virginia? That alone is odd enough. And then not stay in the state to continue playing. Then move to Nevada. Like that's a lot. You know, talk about uh, zipping around. Like yeah, why would indeed. you just? You know, there's a lot of schools between <laughs> West Virginia and Nevada. Well, again, maybe some backdoor wheeling and dealing there. 
You never know. But uh, uh let's yeah, yeah, UNLV, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, let's look at some more from this draft. Dennis Schroeder went 17, just some highlights here. Uh, Tony Snell, 20, Gorgie Jane, 21. Uh, maybe the biggest steal of the draft at 27 by the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert. Uh, the Jazz grabbed him at 27. So maybe he was the biggest steal of the draft. Because I like to call him Rudy Gobert. Yeah, again, that's your team this season, is it not? Isn't that who you've uh, hooked your horses up to? I've hooked my horses up to Utah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Turning your back on your country. Well, I mean, the Raptors are going to be what they're going to be. I mean, we'll get into that later, but uh, I need another team. I mean, Toronto's kind of – that's kind of cliched to just cheer for the Raptors just because I live in – hell, Utah Jazz are closer to me than the Raptors are. Actually, yeah, you make a point. Uh, some notable undrafted players that came out of that draft. Uh, Matthew Delavendova, excuse me, Dwayne Dedman, Roddy Magruder, uh, some players that have really done nice what, there. What, and what uh, Oh, yeah. What was that person's name again? Matthew uh, Delavendova. No, that's Played Chevy for... Oh, God. Uh and another good player that came out of the draft, maybe you heard of him, Robert Covington, undrafted. Uh, he eventually was named to the All-NBA defensive team and is currently a Minnesota Timberwolf. So. They should have known that, that Bennett was going to be a bust when uh, analysts compared him to Larry Grandmama Johnson. They should have known that was, <laughs> that was a problem right there. Well, again, there was no clear number one pick that year. I mean – if you go back and look at it, the best player that got taken came out of the number 15 spot. So who could really but, but, say? But really, when you got to look, but you got to look at that. I mean, when you look at that draft a little bit closer, I mean, Bennett played one season of college basketball. Yeah. And, and was okay. Like how, how, how do they miss guys who at least played for, you know, two or three, I mean, they had to have been some, they had to have been better players. I mean, granted, it was Cleveland doing the picking, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like a real big miss all round. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, but nevertheless, that's what happened. Uh, some more NBA news. Um, the let me look here. Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe has suffered a small fracture of his ribs. He will be out two to three weeks. So Eric Bledsoe will miss the first two or three weeks of the season with a rib injury. The Milwaukee Bucks lose him. Um, so they're kind of hurting at the guard now, for at least for the first couple of weeks. But it's one of those things where I'm sure they'll be able to work through it. They are the Bucks after all. Uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I believe they will be. I honestly, I don't think you have to worry too, too much about Milwaukee. Just, um, you know, so we'll be back on the floor sooner rather than later. Um, I saw a video, Tim. I don't know if you saw the same video. Um, LeBron James playing in a preseason. Of course, again, ladies and gentlemen, take all this with a pre, with a big grain of salt. LeBron James is playing preseason. He spreads his team out. He takes it to the basket. He gets blocked by Jared Allen. Now, of course, I, I don't think this would be a big deal, but LeBron, his first step was not 
the usual LeBron first step that we all know so well. Is Father Time catching LeBron? Well, I mean, LeBron's not getting any younger. He's played a lot of basketball. Yeah. Even for a even for a pro, he's you know he's been in the playoffs for a lot of years, except for last year. Um played some yeah, USA ball. Hurt hurt a little bit last year. Uh getting yeah. older, a little bit slower. Uh might be getting a little fat on that uh, California meat there. More worried about his money and his paychecks and his life after basketball than than uh, what's going on right now. I mean, I don't know. I've heard, like, I I saw the, I believe it was on the ESPN site, uh, a video of Stephen A. Smith talking about how LeBron has just uh, has never been any hungrier than he uh, in his career, you know, except for maybe when he won his first title. Uh, he's bound and determined that uh, they're going to win it this year. And I'm like, well, he sure is not really – if this is a uh, – I mean, granted, all right, preseason, as you said. But if that is a bound and determined LeBron James, Lord forbid when he goes into his usual, I don't want to play defense, uh, I don't really care about this game mode that he tends to go into. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the – I honestly don't know that the Lakers are going to be anywhere near as good as everybody thinks they're going to be. They'll be better than they were last year, but – I'm going to give you permission here, Tim, to bring up something that we normally don't discuss, but it's been a huge thing, and I know you and I have talked about it off air. The recent comments of LeBron James and his um, his Chinese uh, developments here, mm-hmm. things he's had to say about the Chinese and, and what's going on with this whole Hong Kong controversy um, you've kept up a little more to date on it than I have, honestly. Um, yeah. Um, what's your, what do you think when well, you hear this coming okay. from LeBron? My take is this. First of all, uh, okay, I'm not LeBron James. I'm not a black man. I can't uh, sit in his shoes. Uh, I'm also not a, a hundred millionaire like he is, et cetera, et cetera. But when things were said about Colin Kaepernick and other things that have happened in the NBA in regards to players, and not even necessarily black players, but player owner stuff, LeBron is the first one to, to yap and say, well, you know, sometimes you got to do those things that make people uncomfortable. And it's, uh, you know, money's not always the first thing. They should, you know, should do what's right. Until it was LeBron's pocketbook. Then suddenly LeBron's tune was as well. Maybe uh, you shouldn't always speak, even though you have the right to speak. Maybe you should just be quiet. Now, today he stepped back from that a little bit. Uh, Apparently, I didn't see his tweet. Apparently, he tried to explain himself in a tweet, and that went, uh, at least uh, according to some sports shows I saw today, that that went uh, horribly wrong. Uh, And now, like I said, later today, he's just stepped back from the whole thing. He ain't talking about it no more. Um, This is why sports figures should not get involved in politics. If you have uh, opinions on these things as a sports person, uh, you're allowed to have the opinion and you're allowed to uh, air it. You just don't air it as LeBron James 
from the Los Angeles Lakers during a you know a, a Q and A thing that is for the league. You do that on your own time uh, in your own form, then I'm okay with it. But it seems to me that LeBron had a choice between the high road and his wallet, and he picked his wallet. And I don't even necessarily blame him for that. But he, I mean, for a guy who was supposed to be about equality and all that stuff, he was pretty quick to turn a blind eye to a country which I don't think anyone is going to argue is uh, way, way down the list on human rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's, to me, it had absolutely nothing to do with basketball, in which case they shouldn't be talking about it at all. But that's just me. on it and of course feel free to share your two cents as well we'll be on twitter um i'll be honest i'm not i'm not as up to date on everything that's going on and so i'm just kind of kind of stuck and i don't really know everything so i'm not going to comment on the situation that i know very little about all i know is is uh Pussy. LeBron seems like the kind of guy who doesn't like when people fuck with his money. Well, and I get that. I mean, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with it from that standpoint. It's just you can't – if you're going to sing a song, you have to sing the same song. You can't change it when it doesn't – you know, when the narrative no longer fits you, well, now I don't want to sing that song anymore. Now we have to sing a different one. No, you don't get to do that. you got to pick a side and stay on it. Well, so he has. But uh, if somebody tries to fuck with your money, you need to call the law offices of Stephen P. New because it ain't right to have somebody fucking with your money. So New Law Office will fight for you. If you need to sue, New is for you. Call New Law Offices. Again, we want to thank the law offices of Stephen P. New for all their help. Here with Wide Men Can't Jump. They're great sponsors. We love them so much. Steve is a great guy. And he's he's a friend of ours. Tim, you love Steve. I know you do. Uh, I, I love me some Steve New. A uh, very nice man. Uh, nothing but uh, professional and courteous with my dealings with him, which are were not of a legal nature, but with the show and some other things. And uh, yeah, I I don't have anything bad to say about Mister New. Yeah, and Stephen P. New also. Uh, you haven't lived until Stephen P. New has been dressed up as Jim Cornette for Halloween. I got to witness that this past weekend, and it was a hell of a costume. And he also berated me like he was Jim Cornette. He told me that I would have to go on a diet and lose 200 pounds to be fat. So. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Well, I guess the truth hurts. But Stephen P. New is great. We knew law of us. Check him out. Here's some more from Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304 304- 362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. 
Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Again, thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New. It's newlawoffice.com. And, of course, Steve was only joking with me, and I thank him for that. I just had another quick thought to add to that LeBron thing. Um, Well, you go right on ahead. Well, it's kind of a a thing I never would have stopped to think about. But uh, Dennis Rodman went to North Korea and was critically lambasted for doing so. And he just went because he went. Uh, LeBron James has apparently been to China over 20 times to sell Nikes and shoes and blah, 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 blah. So how is that any, how is that any different? I mean, China is a communist. I mean, it's as close to a dictatorship as you can get without calling it one. Well, they are, uh, (laughs) what's the old saying here? They hide it better. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, there's an election, but there's only one guy on the ballot. Well, yeah. You know how that works, but. That's so another historical. That's <laughs> right, another but I'm just saying. I mean, that's another on, historical. On the on the on the list of countries that that you really don't really want to buddy up to, China and North Korea are not far apart. Uh, now, granted, yeah, the, NBA, that, the, but, granted uh, the NBA is here. Here's what I've learned, Tim. Here's what I've learned, Tim. The NBA is looking to be a global brand, and I totally get that. And NBA talent are looking to make as much money as they can, well, no matter what. So, it's like everything else, Nate. Really, when it comes right down to it, business is about money. Yeah. And most rich guys don't really care too much where the money comes from. Exactly. As long as it, as long as it gets there. I will agree with that. All right. Uh, before we talk, we got a little more NBA news to bring up, of course. Uh, more stuff to talk about. But you know what? We haven't plugged this, and I want to. I want to plug this. In case you guys don't know, if you don't follow the show um, or subscribe to the show, you probably don't see this. Um, every other Thursday, Tim and our guy, Motor City Mark, a friend of mine, are getting together, and they are going over into the wonderful world of hockey. So the Wide Men Sports Network, Tim used to do the hockey show by himself, and that was difficult. And it's very hard to podcast alone and try to talk to yourself and give updates. It's tough. So I, through my infinite wisdom, happen to know a hockey fan uh, who knows just as much about hockey and is a diehard hockey watcher. And every other Thursday now, Tim and Mark are putting on a hell of a show called Wide Men Can't Score. Tim, do you have anything you want to add and talk about there on Wide Men Can't Score? It's a, it's a beauty of a show. Uh, Mark is a very, very knowledgeable man, pretty smart guy, knows what he's talking about bit of a homer when it comes to the Red Wings, but I can live with that. Um, well, yeah, that happens. No, I don't know. Everybody's a bit of a homer if you're a fan, but uh, uh, very intellectual, makes some real good points, knows what he's talking about. It's a pretty good show. You should tune in if you like the hockey, and if you don't, there's still some uh, there's still some comedy on there. Why Ben can't score also every now and then. A little bit of levity, because, uh, you know, we like to ham it up a little bit on this network. Oh, yeah, we definitely do. We're not. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll hear a lot of stats. You'll hear a lot of analytical talk. You'll hear all that. But we also get a little goofy now and then, crack a few jokes. Uh, you know, we're not. Uh, we don't want to be. 
ESPN, bore you to death. Well, ESPN these days is more about uh, bad jokes and <laughs> and beautiful Politics. people. It's become very political and very PC, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as they cover the sports, but they've kind of forgot about covering the sports. Yeah. Well, nevertheless. All right, back to more NBA news. Again, check out Wide Men Can't Score every other Thursday here on the Wide Men Radio Network. It's a two-hour hockey podcast most of the time. Don't miss it. Tim and Mark bring it, and I don't know anything about hockey, and I still tune in, and I, and I enjoy it. So uh, kudos to you guys. Seriously, you do a great well, job. All right. Anthony Davis injured his thumb not too long ago in a preseason ball game. Had an MRI. I know. Already made a glass, that man. Where where was LeBron James's butt in comparison to the Anthony Davis thumb injury? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard saying. This is what I want to know. Were they on the cart at the same time when this took place? You know, I'm not sure. I didn't get. To, I honestly haven't watched a lot of NBA preseason this year. I'm slacking, and I apologize. Uh, but again, it's the preseason. It's hard to get too excited. Uh, but Anthony Davis had an MRI on his right thumb. Uh, turned out it's clean. He should be ready to go for the opener on uh, next week. So nobody panic. His thumb is not injured. He's cleared to go out and injure another body part on opening night. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't sleep on Anthony Davis, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be fine. We'll see him uh, on Tuesday. Well, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I believe on Tuesday. I believe it's Tuesday is when the season – yes, Tuesday is oh, when yeah, the yeah. season opens. Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans yeah. and Raptors tip off at 8 on Tuesday, and the Lakers and Clippers tip off on – at 10:30 later that night, so that's huge ball games. Huge. That ball should games. be a that should be a gooder. Maybe the basketball might not be that great, but the tension, the rivalry, etc., should be at an all-time high there. Oh, absolutely! I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up is I know last week, Tim, you and I had said we were going to get to interview uh, someone from the Timberwolves organization. I want to apologize. <laughs> I had the interview scheduled. We were getting ready to, to record it that day, and it had a situation come up. <laughs> was unable to talk to my guys in Minnesota. Don't, we'll get, don't lie. We'll get, don't lie. You're lying, Nicholas. Why would no I lie? One co- no one covers the Timberwolves. That's why we can't oh, get anybody hell. on the show. Ah, hell. But, yes, next week we will have some Timberwolves talk for you. My apologies on the delay. Mm-hmm. Getting the, still in hibernation. the guy went into hibernation because he's – He's in Minnesota. Holy shit. What a shot from a seven-foot guy. Yeah, Unbelievable. That, was pretty, that was pretty amazing. I saw that. I have to admit that. I was totally impressed by that. Dude, the dude's incredible. He's just incredible. Um, We're looking forward to that. Uh, some more news. The seven-foot-six rookie Taco Fall has been signed to a two-way contract. He will spend most of his time in the D in the G League in Maine, as we learned earlier in the off season. Oh, Taco Fall, baby. What but he can spend up to forty five days with the Celtics in the NBA. So uh, you never know; you may see uh, Taco Fall sliding into the NBA this season for a few games. Uh, who does he play for again? The Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, so not a. Not he will spend most of his time though with the G League 
Maine, I believe it was the Maine Red Lob. Was it the Red Lobsters or the Maine Red Claws or something like that? Something like, something like that, if I remember from my I don't think uh, it was Red Lobster. I don't think you go to the game and get Cheddar no, Bank Biscuits. But, uh, um, if it was Red Lobster, you'd know, you, you, we would both know that name. <laughs> True, we would. <laughs> <laughs> thought you could eat Trump here tonight at the Maine Red Lobster game. With the G League, what, what do they? It's not the G League. What do they call it now? What is its official name? It's the G League. Oh, okay. Well, the, for the G it used League, used to be the team, D League. Now it's the G League. All right. Well, for the G League, we should come up with restaurant theme names for all the teams. Oh God. Well, this is now, an uh, idea that this is an idea well, that we, I'm definitely behind. <laughs> we'd probably never forget the names again. Probably not. You know. <laughs> Whatever team gets dubbed as Chick Fil A, they're not allowed to have games on Sunday. But uh, anyway, and, um, you know, you, you could have the Quake, Quaker State somebody's and the uh, the Crocker Barrel somebody's. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, there to do it. I mean, it, it shouldn't be that tough. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm sure. Have to have a look at that uh, later. Yeah. But anyway, carry on. Did you uh, uh, bring up uh, Mr. Siakam? We haven't brought him up yet, have we? Um, no, why don't you go ahead and bring up that news? I haven't well, heard Well, there, there is now uh, talk coming out of Toronto that he will be, uh, before the trade deadline, that they will lock him up for big time. For the, max, exten- for the max extension, apparently. Um, I'm not sure. Well, that he... doesn't really shock me. Uh, he's probably. Uh, that does not shock me at all. He's with, either the uh, second Pascal best Siakam. Or... He's either the second best or best player they have now. So I'll yeah, argue he's has... their best player. Um, I'll, I'll argue he's their best player. Yeah, and he, he has, is. Uh, he has. To grow yet too. He's got one okay. more year on his contract this year, and you want to talk about a steal for a guy? Pascal Siakam is making two point three million dollars this year. That's it. Yeah, that's it. NBA, in NBA terms, that's like minimum wage practically. Uh, yeah, it really is, yeah, uh, and that's based much. on draft position. He's still this is the last year of his uh, his rookie deal. Uh, he's going to get major money, and the Raptors got a lot of money coming off the books after this year. Um, hey, um, he, Kyle Lowry, Mark Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, um, just a lot deserves, of guys. He deserves every penny. I mean, in the playoffs, he was he was superb in the playoffs. Um, he got better as the year went on, and if he continues to, if there's any more in that, I mean, he's he's a, gr- a pretty good player now. If there's no, any absolutely. more left, in, if there's any more left in there yet to get out of him, he could become he could honestly become a great player, and uh, he would be somebody that they could build around when they have all that money. Uh, they get rid of Lowry. Yeah, yeah well, maybe, I mean, they, might they be, may want to keep Lowry. I mean, who knows? Well, I don't. I don't think. Well, he's getting old. He's thirty three. Um, yeah, so I mean, you don't really want to sign him to anything long term, you know, maybe a year or two, maybe even then. And I don't know, at thirty million dollars, I think I can spend that money better, to be honest. I think you, I think you sign Siakam and then you reload, and you wait to, you know, you build for a year or maybe two, and then you make another run at it. Well, you never know what they might be able to get this off season. Um, or not this offseason, but even at the trade deadline, with all these expiring contracts, a lot of teams are going to be willing to shed some uh, yep. shed some bad contracts. So, I mean, they could end up reloading. We'll see what they decide to do. 
that's way on down the line, of course. I mean, um, Messiah, so, yeah, but Messiah Jury is a smart dude. Oh yeah. If, if if anybody can can bring that team back relatively quick, it will be him. Unless he. I'm actually for looking forward to seeing what. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what uh, OG Ananobi will do when he comes back, because uh, I think he's a great player waiting to happen. They've got uh, their roster is not that bad. They're another one. No, I, mean, yes, I don't. They, they lost Leonard, and yeah, okay, they're not going to win a title. I don't think that's in no, any question. So. But I don't think they're anywhere near as bad as everybody'd like to. I mean, they're going to be like the Raptors were before Leonard got there. A three, a four, a five. Somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, I mean, we'll we'll get into our predictions uh, yeah, towards the end of the show for sure. Right. But but they're not going to be anywhere near as bad as as people would like to think. No, of course not. Um, the Houston Rockets fear Gerald Green. He had a broken foot. They fear that it is worse than initially expected, and he could end up missing the entire season. That Ouch. hurts a Houston yeah, Rockets that's... team. Uh, that's not that's a big gonna be good for them. No, uh, they're already, um, despite their, uh, you know, Harden and uh, what? Who was their newly acquired Westbrook? Star? Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, who? Who's? Who's coming off the bench for that team? Well, that Gerald Green was one of those guys. Yeah. But now, well, now it saying. doesn't look so much. Um, you know, speaking of which, just to just to throw this out there, San Antonio is clobbering Houston in the preseason right now. That's nah, preseason. I know, but still, uh, <laughs> there. But there is. I mean, there can. It's not necessarily wins and losses in the preseason that matter. It's trends where if a team can't shoot threes or they can't defend, you know, whatever it is, the other, and other teams start throwing at them, throwing it at them every night and they can't stop it. That, that's the kind of stuff you got to look for in preseason. Now it depends on who is out in the lineup tonight too, which I don't know, but yeah. Um, well, like I said, I just don't, I don't know if James Harden doesn't score 60 points a night, which I don't think he's going to be able to do with Westbrook there. He's going to have to share the ball. Uh, a little bit anyway, more than he has been, or there's going to be uh, descent in Houston relatively quick. Uh, who, who's, who, how are they winning exactly? Um, well, they're going to be relying on their major stars. I mean, they have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Clint Capella. That'll probably be your starting five would be my guess. Uh, Daniel house, Nene, um, Tyson Chandler, I mean, and again, a lot of these, a lot of these contracts, you know, may be counting against because I'm looking at their contracts. This may be on their books. They may not even be on the team. Uh, Ryan Anderson, I'm pretty sure he's gone. Um, Austin Rivers was a decent pickup, uh, but if, with Gerald Green out, they're going to be lacking uh, some some bench depth. If they lose Green for the season, they are hurting. Uh, also, who's playing defense for that team? That's another question. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a question. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's a good defender. Okay, yeah, Russell Westbrook is a good defender. Yeah, he's not a bad defender, but if only one guy out of five on the court defends, that's not really that helpful. I'm interested to see what Westbrook does because the D'Antoni system 
is set up where Westbrook was more of a lockdown defender guy. He played his man. He stuck to his man. He's a, he's a good defender. Whereas you look at this Houston Rockets system, it's more of a everybody switches on every everything. Uh, you can end up with a Capella guarding a guard and Westbrook underneath guarding a, a center. Harden, who is the king of the the Ole defense, the Swiss cheese defense, um, he just kind of he's there. He'll pick a pocket. Yeah. That's about it. He's not much of a defender. But I mean, with the way they score points, I guess they don't have to be. My biggest worry with this Rockets team, if Gerald Green is done for the year, that bench step is going to hurt. Westbrook and Harden are both thirty. They're in the prime of their career, but are they going to be able to play? you know, 38 minutes, 37 minutes a night. I just don't see them being able to do that. And see, uh, they're going to be lacking some some depth unless they've got somebody ready to step up, unless they stagger the, the roster and maybe have Eric Gordon come in and be the spark. They're going to be lacking in depth because – Well, there's – It seems to me there's a lot of NBA teams this year in that situation where they've got two or three big stars. And then after that, we're kind of, uh, you know, doing it with mirrors, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got the Lakers. Of course, I'm taking nothing away from the Harden-Westbrook combo. Me neither, but but we don't know if it's going to work, A. Well, they played together before. They did all right. Yeah, but that was how long ago? That's true. And James Harden was not the star that he is now. I mean, there, there's just there's room for a lot of questions there. There's a lot of you know all these guys, all the teams that have acquired these, uh, you know, they get the big guy and then another guy comes and people automatically just assume because well both these guys are really good. Well, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean much. Particularly when they're uh, ego-driven kind of dudes. Like, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how Anthony Davis and LeBron get along over a whole season. Yeah, especially if it doesn't go well. Yeah, well, you won't have to wait long because, uh, yeah, we'll see them very, very soon. Uh, last news item here. Uh, former number two pick Hashim Thabit has signed a contract in the NBA G League. So Hashim Thabit will now be primarily a D-League or G-League player. Uh, So there's that update for you. That's some of the news and notes around the NBA for this week. This is our Season 3 tip-off show. Uh, We're glad you're with us. Glad to have you. And uh, speaking of glad to have you, we're being joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tom Robinson. Tom Robinson, welcome aboard. It's the Season 3 tip-off show. Season 3. Step off it is. What's up, boys? Hey, Thomas. Good to have yeah, you back just, on, my man. I didn't catch uh, any earlier commentary. Uh, who, what, what and who have you covered already? Uh, we've just been hitting some highlights of the news around the league here as of late. Some of the things going on, uh, you know, Gerald Green possibly missing the entire season for the Houston Rockets. Um, among other things, nothing of major news per se. Um, Eric Bledsoe's out a couple of weeks with uh, an injury, and 
other than that, we're looking at um, kind of a quiet week NBA newsworthy-wise. But uh, other than that, we're getting geared up for Tuesday night when the season finally kicks off. And uh, I mentioned the other, I mentioned earlier that uh, we had um, on Facebook memories popped up. I know you saw it as well as I did. Um, almost two years to the day since we recorded our very first Wide Men Can't Jump. I feel special. Did I need you, a ring. Did you mention uh, I talked <laughs> along, along about uh, Tom's uh, rap career? You did. You, you did mention that. Tom, you need to go back and listen to the very, very beginning of the show when you get a chance. <laughs> Will do. You'll love it. <laughs> but, uh, Tom, I know, you know, you're a busy guy. You've been uh, on top of things, though, as much as you can. How about the Philadelphia 76ers? One thing we've all – I've been worried about, and I've even asked some of our guests that we've had on with the Sixers, um, the Sixers are very good in their starting five. But they are very, very weak coming off the bench. T.J. McConnell is gone to Indiana now. He was always one of the uh, a show favorite here, and we hated to see him leave because I loved watching McConnell the way he played. And now he's more so being looked at as a guy who's probably going to make it, um, get Aaron Holiday motivated. Looking at this this team for the Sixers, they're 4-0 in preseason. Of course, it's preseason. What do you think? Do they have enough bench depth to get there, get to maybe an Eastern Conference Finals, get to an NBA Finals? What do you think? Well, um, I didn't want to get rid of Jimmy Butler. I'm in the minority. Um, I don't. I don't I think anybody really don't. in Philly wanted him to leave. I really don't. I don't think a lot of people wanted him to leave. But well, he chose to if, leave. If they, if they didn't at the time, they, they they act as if they did now on sports talk radio and so forth. They uh, they tend to believe or um, be be swayed into believing that Tobias Harris, uh, his scoring ability was, you know, uh, diminished by Jimmy Butler being on the floor. I think that might have some credence, but not as much as they're putting into it. I mean, Harris was on how many teams now? Six and six and six years or something ridiculous like that. And he's been kind a of lot. a cornerstone. He's a cornerstone of our offense. Now, defensively, we're six, six is the smallest guy in the uh, starting lineup. So defensively, they could do some damage, especially with the addition of Horford. Um, it's 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 hard to tell. Like this year, I don't have nothing to be really angry about. So, like it's like I had faults. I had Simmons wouldn't shoot, and now Simmons is all of a sudden all of a sudden starting to shoot. He shot, you know, a ten footer or a fifteen footer or something on the on the game after he shot the three you know three pointer. So, if Simmons can actually be a threat to take some of the defenders off, just to shoot some, I mean. Greek Freak was what twenty six percent from three. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then that opens up a lot for the other guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call them a favorite just because 
there was an interview, and I wish I knew, I remembered the guy's name. He's he's not a big name, but he he has a like an hour on local radio, and he has a big podcast, sort of like us, and so forth. He got an exclusive interview with with Simmons, and Simmons went into um, speaking about falling in love with basketball and falling out of love with basketball. So a guy with that kind of mentality, I don't want to put my stock into. He says now he's cool, he's he's in love with basketball again. But at that early age to have falling, fallen out of love, and that's his words, not mine, that's a little concerning to me. It's a requirement for dating a Kardashian to fall out of love with everything else, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, unless it's Bruce Jenner, then you just fall in love with cock. <laughs> God. Well, there you go. Well, I saw how well Karen did on episode 100, and I need to ramp up my uh, analysis a little bit and add a little smut. (laughs) Oh, by the way, we do want to tell everybody, thank you so much for all the love. Episode 100 got, oh my goodness, our Twitter's still blowing up from episode 100. Like, people seem to love it. Um, That was, uh, it was a great day, honestly, for us here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, I know that most of us sat around and uh, we had to uh, kick back and we had us, uh, you know. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Absolutely we did. But, I know uh, I wasn't him? listening. I wasn't, I wasn't listening alone when I listened to it and uh, that I want a new team creation. I don't know if that was a collaboration or a singular effort, but that actually popped the person with me on several lines, especially about the arms going up over the head. Um, I will, I will give all credit where all credit is due. That belongs to the Canadian. Okay. Well, <laughs> well done, sir. Well, thank you, uh, sir. I mean, I even like, I, I like mistakes. I think stupid equals funny. And even like the in between, like what the fuck I didn't notice was three verses type of thing. I thought that <laughs> added to the, the enjoyment. That's just my case, though. Well, um, I'm in full disclosure. I'm working on a uh, Philadelphia version of uh, uh, "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel, but that's a real big work, so that's taken a while. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, I'm I'll be looking much... forward to it. Let me smarten me up a little bit while you have me. Um, I I think I heard or I, I I've not seen Zion play in the preseason, um, but I I think I it was an all-fair conversation with one of you or I talked to somebody else that he and RJ are pretty much playing pretty much the real deal so far. He he has been by all accounts nothing short of magnificent apparently. Wow. We got a. Yeah, I, I knew been. we should have got a a website on him and just dedicated everything to him. Remember that? I looked, into, I looked into it. I looked into it, and it was already copyrighted, so there's no way to do it. Those bastards. Um, yeah, I think I I think this increasing schedule in my quote day job um, is going to hurt my presence on the on the show during the season, which sucks. But I will watch every Sixers game, and I will try to keep up on Zion if that's enough. We can do the Zion well, I mean, with TR. 
Absolutely. Be looking forward to that. But one thing I will say, um, in terms of, you know, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, I'm going to put out at my sleeper in terms of uh, a rookie of the year this year. It, and I'm telling you, if Jimmy Butler doesn't destroy him like Jimmy Butler does to young players, Tyler Hero is legit. He is a legitimate contender for rookie of the year, providing, uh, well, you know, I mean, let's just say Zion and, and RJ maybe aren't the, uh, you know, they don't, because I think Zion wins it this year, if I had to predict right now. But don't sleep on Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero is a fantastic talent who was drafted based on potential and ability to just shoot. And turns out that dude can do everything. I watched him in preseason. I've watched him in um, in summer league. Summer. And what I've seen of this kid, he is damn impressive. There's no question about how good Tyler Hero can be. Again, it's all going to come down to Jimmy Butler and what Jimmy Butler's influences are. Uh, the Miami Heat are 3-0 and right now in the uh, the preseason. Again, preseason. But in this year's preseason, Tyler Hero has averaged – 16.3 points per game, almost five rebounds per game, almost three assists per game. That's impressive for a rookie playing in preseason basketball. I don't care who you are. Now, granted, Zion Williamson's putting up pretty ridiculous numbers, too. Also, the uh, the Pelicans are 4-0 in preseason as well, and Zion Williamson is just an absolute beast. He's averaging 23.3 points per game with six and a half rebounds to go with two assists. Oh, he's also stealing the ball, uh, stealing a half per game. So, I think Zion wins Rookie of the Year. But I'm telling you guys, don't sleep on Tyler Hero. That's, you heard that here first. Well, I mean, the Miami Heat organization, um, they're still run by that uh, slick hair back gentleman, veteran of the basketball industry, sports slash uh, everything, Pat Riley. Am I correct? Yes, and uh, not only Pat Riley is he involved in this, but you got to remember he also um, went to Kentucky where Tyler Hero went and played basketball. So there you maybe, go. maybe there's a connection here. That's just, uh, again, Nate's two cents on the matter. I'm not saying I'm always right because I'm not. That Josh Jackson rookie of the year pick a few years ago didn't turn out very well, but uh, – you know, um, I've been right before. One of the things I always worry about with those young guys, particularly ones that only played one year of college basketball, is how they'll do over 82 games. If the grind at some point during the year doesn't get to them a little bit because they're just not used to it. Yeah. That, that's an issue. I mean, that really is an issue, too. Um, you know, we see that in a lot of players, but – Hero's another guy. I'm not sure exactly how long he played. Um, did he just? I think he just played the one season. Um, yeah, he just I'm played the one sure season. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, but, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Who knows? And guys, guys that get drafted like that at the end of the lottery that think they're better than that, they play with a chip on their shoulder. Um, and that's what I've noticed about him. He kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder. But, Tim, you're absolutely right that grind of the NBA, you see it a lot. Rookies not really performing up to what they're capable of in the second half of the season because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's a major thing in the, the so league. That, that travel 
I mean, it's it's one thing to you know travel you know a couple hundred miles once, maybe twice a week, as opposed to getting on airplanes four or five times a week. You never know what town you're in. There are times when uh, you don't see the sun. <laughs> you know that kind of thing where you're you're sleeping, you're in a hotel room or in a in an arena somewhere. And I I have to assume. I mean, I played junior hockey, and that was bad enough. Uh, granted, that's buses, not airplanes, but still, uh, you don't know. There are times where you're, you're not exactly sure where you are, and that's nowhere near the schedule that a professional basketball player has to go through. Um, it takes some adjusting, and I mean, if they've got good personnel and all that, it's not like it can't be done, but you got to keep your mind right. And that's, that's not easy for these young guys. They've got all the money and all the fame and all that. And sometimes it's, uh, we forget that they're, you know, like Zion Williamson is 19 years old. You know, I don't yeah, know about you. you know, I, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when I was 19, I don't think if somebody would have handed me a check for tens of millions of dollars, like this guy's getting for endorsements and all that stuff, I'd have been hell on wheels dangerous. I I certainly wouldn't have showed up on time for things. I know that much. I'll give him well, credit a- in in this. I'll give him credit in this. And this is something that a lot of people have said about Zion Williamson. He is taken to the city of New Orleans very well. And again, of course, always uh, you know, city of New Orleans. Hard not to get excited about the city of New Orleans, but he's taken to it well. He's almost became an ambassador for the city. Uh, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Now, again, of course, he's nineteen. And I think he'll, um, you know, he'll have some growing pains, but he seems like a smart kid. And I think he realizes that he's got a chance to become a huge star. And I think he'll do that. Oh, yeah, we'll no, have to no, argu- no argument. I'm just saying the possibility is there for those guys if they're not careful. They got to keep an eye. Got to keep an eye on them. You know, got a got well, a room with a got to bunk up with a vet during the road trips. There's always that uh, a term that just came out in the last half a decade of load management, which I'm sure they will uh, monitor his minutes and keep him in shape and so forth. Um, and Tim, you made a comment about you know your former athletic prowess and sometimes being on the road so long you don't know where you're at. Uh, one could say you would think you were in China for Christ's sakes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Bad topic to bring up. No, it's not. We already talked about it. <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. yeah, that's too long and difficult to oh, go through. So yeah, I'm glad you guys did it and not me. We did it quickly because uh, we just came to the conclusion that sports and politics politics should just be separated and left alone and the two should never meet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, as far as Philadelphia is concerned, I, I mean, I know they're doing well in the preseason as well. Ben had a, quote, stiff back last night, so he sat out. The rookie, Matthias Feibel, got the uh, – Feibel, Feibel, I'll get his name right one of these days. Um, he got the start. Um, they're playing Shake Milton, who last year was a G League player. Mixing it up a little bit. I mean, uh, to talk about the bench that you alluded to, uh, they got Mike Scott back, who, for all intents and purposes, has got over his Washington Redskins, Philadelphia Eagle fans, uh, balls in the in the parking lots. So I think he's focused on hoops right now. 
so he's a solid, you know, uh, bench player, as is uh, a very overconfident yet decent player in uh, uh, Innes, James Innes. So, uh, you know, playoff rotations, uh, I think Brett used nine last year. I think nine will pop up one way or the other as long as uh, Joel and Ben stay away from injury. I just – I just don't know if Tobias can handle the scoring load. I, uh, Ben's going to really have to do more than just – I like I said, I'm, I'm surprisingly happy the last time I was talking to you guys on air that Ben shot the shot. But he's going to have to do more than one a game because, uh, they, you know, as good as defensively as they want to be, they got to put some points on the board. Well, answer me this, Tom. Let's say the the Sixers get back to where they were last year, Eastern Conference semis. I don't know who they would lose to in the semis. Let's just, for example, let's just say they drop to somebody in the semis, whether it be the Bucks, Pacers, somebody. Mm-hmm. Say they lose. Maybe yeah. even in seven again. If they repeat last mm-hmm. year's performance with this team, I'm sorry, you, you faded out right during the question. Yeah, I didn't Is it, it time for Brett Brown to go? Does Brett Brown go if the Sixers just repeat what they did last year and fall short of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, he will go on on a rocket ship. Like uh, they'll just strap a goddamn nuclear weapon to his body and and shoot him out of here. I mean, whether the ownership likes it or not, the fans will do it. Um, this season is a Eastern Conference Final appearance and. You know, if you lose to a better team while you're healthy, so be it, or bust. Um, second round ain't cutting it. They're reminiscent of the old uh, Clippers with uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, uh, where they would always get so far and then just choke. This is the season. Well, I'm interested to see what they decide to do, and uh, it'll be fun. We're look, I know I'm looking forward to it. Sixers yeah, play I, I got my. Go ahead, ahead. Um, you, No, I have, make I have my DVR. I have my DVR ready to record every game. I still haven't caught up on the preseason because you know how that is. It's it's kind of boring and frustrating to fast forward through a whole preseason game to get a get an idea. But um, I'll peek in on it before the season starts. Well, they open up on next Wednesday at 7.30 on ESPN. 7.30, tip, Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, national TV game to kick off the season on Wednesday. Any thoughts, any predictions leading into the Celtics-76ers game? Uh, it'll be interesting to see Horford playing against his old team. and It'll be interesting to see Kemba Walker with a supporting cast. Um, uh, I'm just going to say I'm very interested in watching that game. I'm going to have the popcorn out. I don't want to make a prediction. Just want to have the popcorn out and sit back and watch it and enjoy it. You know, Tom, you and I as fans, we can't watch basketball with popcorn because we end up trying to coach and analyze from the couch. So we'll get in trouble. That's <laughs> I true. know that's how we are. Um, Plus, I, all my popcorn boxes have holes in the bottom. Anyway. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny how your popcorn and pizza boxes also come that way? Isn't that weird? They all, 
Yeah, that's, that's weird. I, I can't care. But on that note, I must leave you, gentlemen, for the rest of the evening. I am, uh, you know, a busy man, and I must I must say good night for this evening. Uh, are you living well, in we... a Delco, a Delco Paradise, uh, Tom? Yes, sir. Here we go. There's another song. Anyway, okay. ladies, I love you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Peace. Tom Robinson, thanks again for over stopping by. We hope to talk to you again real soon. <laughs> Oh, Thomas Robinson. There goes Tom Robinson. And uh, if you want to see some video with holes in your pizza boxes or popcorn boxes, go visit our good friend, com. I promise you, your pants will put a hole in your pizza box. Let's hear some more from Strip Cam Fun. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. Thanks to our great sponsors at Strip Cam Fun. Check them out, StripCamFun.com. And I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having some technical issues here with my internet. It's been kind of iffy the past couple of days. So I do apologize if I'm cutting in and out. Um, so please forgive me if you can. I uh, apologize once again. All right. But, Tim, we are going through the league. we got two teams left. Minnesota will hit next week. This week, though, it's all about the Los Angeles Clippers. And finally, we were able to get a Los Angeles Clippers interview nailed down. Took some work, but we got it. You were there, and it was uh, we had a great time talking with Them our man Luke Vaughn. They're just so excited this year that it's hard to, to track one down. Yeah, and a lot of technical issues as well. We were supposed to interview Lucas two weeks ago. Uh, couldn't get him last week due to some more technical issues, and uh, he was busy with work. And But we finally were able to nail down Lucas Hahn. Tim, let's roll and go hear what Lucas Hahn had to say. What do you say to that, my friend? Uh, okay. That's it? That's all you got to say? Well, I did have a Han Solo joke there, but I decided not to go with it. Oh. Lucas Han, you know, Han Solo. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, roll the tape, mate. Roll the tape! Roll the tape! Joining us on the show this week is a credentialed NBA reporter covering the L.A. Clippers. It's Lucas Hahn. Lucas, thanks so much for jumping on the show and talking some L.A. Clippers with us. Absolutely. Glad it worked out. Oh, me too. And and for those of you that listening out there, you don't understand the amount of work <laughs> that went into making this interview happen. Uh, Lucas was very, very nice and very accommodating and working with us here. We, we had some tech issue he had a couple things going on but we made it happen and we finally got this interview to you it was supposed to happen 
a couple of weeks ago. Tried last week, couldn't get it. We got it this week, man. We're ready to do this. Yeah, I'm gl- I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm hyped. Let's get it. Let's get going. Let's do it. Well, the Clippers made uh, possibly the biggest moves in the offseason between them and the Brooklyn Nets. They bring in two perennial all-stars, one who's considered one of the best players in the league. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on their way to L.A. Uh, of course, we'll talk about Paul George in a minute, but Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers going in with this team who was very underrated last year. Still played well, all things considered, but now you add Kawhi Leonard to this team. What does that do to this Clippers team? What does it do to a Clippers fan's mindset? So the first, th- so the first question, right? What does it do to the team? The Clippers last year were really good. I mean, they won 48 games. They won 48 games without an all-star. And most of the time to win 48 games, especially in the Western Conference, you probably need two all-stars or you need like one really amazing player, but even, you know, new Orleans with Anthony Davis and drew holiday for those years, weren't able to have, you know, consistent success. So for the Clippers to win 48 games without an all-star means that they were deep. They were talented. They had guys that knew their roles and really what held them back was there was no, you know, a lot of teams you say, Oh, they just need this, third big man to play those 24 minutes a night and that's going to shore up their rotation and they're going to stop giving up these runs in the third quarter and that's what's going to help them win a lot more games right with the Clippers it was really they just need a star they need they need someone to come in and be the guy and Kawhi Leonard more than anyone else in the NBA right now I think in light of LeBron getting a little bit older and Kevin Durant being a little bit hurt is I think, I think he's the most qualified number one guy in the league right now. I, you know, two finals MVP awards. I don't know who else, who else there is that you can say can be the best player can be a better best player on a championship team. So to bring him in really takes that team to the next level. And then I think for Clippers fans, for the people who, who follow and support this team, I mean, there's just so much like, there is psychological trauma for lifelong Clippers fans, like from from what they've from what from what's happened historically, especially for the people who've been fans for a long time, like 30, 40 years. It's almost hard to believe that someone like Kawhi Leonard would choose to come play for the Clippers and that all of a sudden the Clippers are like legitimate NBA championship favorites. Well, Billy Crystal, don't fear because I believe that the Clippers are championship material. Uh, Kawhi Leonard coming over, though, um, is there going to be kind of the same situation as in Toronto with dealing with the uh, the nights off, the load management? Is that something that we're going to see a lot of this season with Kawhi Leonard, maybe him taking uh, nights off on back-to-backs or maybe certain games where they're going to allow him to just sit out? Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, your guess is probably as good as mine. They were asked about this at his introductory press conference in July. And the answer was that basically they went pretty extreme on the load management in Toronto last year because he came into the season, not 100%. However, he's saying he's coming into the season at 100%. And so, you know, the quote that they gave was the plan right now is to play the season, play the full season. I expect, that in practice 
they're going to be smart about it, especially if the team is firing on all cylinders and doing well, especially if Paul George comes back early and grounds into form. This team is deep enough that they can play regular season games with Paul George as their number one. Landry Shamit is going to be the Clippers' backup shooting guard this year. He was their starting shooting guard last year when they won 48 games. So you start Paul George at the three, you start Landry Shamit at the two where he was last year. You're still, obviously you're missing Kawhi, but the team is still solid. Like you're not opening up some huge gaping hole by taking him out of the lineup. And so I think that in practice, as the season goes, we'll see him resting on back-to-backs. We might see him resting on road trips. But I think he will play more games this year than he played last year in Toronto, unless he, like, rolls an ankle and misses a few weeks. But just in terms of load management, I think he'll go – I think he will be a little bit lighter on the load management this year than he was last year. Clippers lost a lot of pieces last season um, in the move. Now, granted, they they picked up, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard – but Wilson Chandler, Gallinari, and I, to me, the, the piece that hurt the most, um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But I know they had to give up something to make the move happen and make Kawhi Leonard be available for them. Um, do you think giving up Shea Gilgis-Alexander and maybe uh, – do you think this is a win-now thing and – you know, yeah, maybe they're not going to be the best team in the world in a few years, but for the here and now, it was time to make a move. I Yeah, I think that, you know, any any move, any meaningful move is going to bring risk with it, right? But I think that ima- imagine that if the Clippers didn't make this move and Kawhi, whether he goes to the Lakers or goes back to Toronto, Imagine that they didn't make that trade and it comes out two weeks later on ESPN that this was on the table and the Clippers decided, no, we're not going to put our chips in. They would, as scary as the deal might be with its potential long-term ramifications, not making the idea of not making this deal when it's on the table is kind of just absurd. And with Los Angeles, with the money that they have, you know, they're going to be able to buy some draft picks. They're going to be able to get some free agents. They'll figure something out in the long term. Right now, they just went from zero championships in the next three years to potentially being favorites over the course of those next three years. And you just can't, you can't replace that in the NBA when it comes to putting yourself in a position to win a title. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's always just... Uh... You know, something people look at. Some people want to plan more for the future and build. Others want to win now. Um, Lou Williams, perennial sixth man of the year almost every year. We're going to see his minutes drop, um, I think, with this move. Uh, Lou Williams probably going to end up being sixth man yet again this year. Has he just learned that – or not really learned, but has he just decided that that's his role and that's exactly what he's going to do? Is he just going to stick to being the sixth man? Yeah, and I think that I think similar to Jamal Crawford, um, who's another guy who the Clippers had for a while, who had tremendous success. Um, I think that there's a comfort in that role because as soon as you move to the starting lineup, especially in the starting lineup on a good team, all of a sudden you have to defend against better players. You have to be defended by better players. And 
you know, Lou Williams, Lou Williams and Ron Crawford, both amazing offensive players and great scorers. Neither of them are going to be the number one option in very many starting lineups for NBA teams. And so what happens is you put these guys in a situation where all of a sudden they're starting, they're getting less touches, they're getting less shots, they're having to play more defense, which we know is their weakness, and the touches and shots that they are getting, they're being defended by starting caliber guys. So I think Lou thrives in that backup role. I think it, I think it suits him better. Uh, but I do think you're right to say that his minutes and his shot attempts are going to drop this year because instead of playing behind Tobias Harris and Daniel Gallinari, who are both fine players, he's playing behind Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who each demand a much greater share of that offensive load, especially in the fourth quarter where Lou was the guy that the Clippers would go to down the stretch. I think now Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both kind of get preference on those late-game possessions over Lou. Well, joining us here again is my co-host, Tim Dombrova from the Great White Northern Canada. Tim, Lance is with us here discussing the L.A. Clippers. Do you have a question about the Clippers? First off, can you hear me? Yeah, I can Absolutely. Hear you. Okay, great, because I'm the Great White North is acting up today. So, <laughs> um, so what, what have we talked about so far? I don't want to repeat my, anything. Well, we talked about Kawhi a little bit, talked about Lou Williams and the loss of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and uh, on the team. Go, go ahead, throw one out there. Well, I'm not I'm upset with the Clippers, to be honest, being up here in Canada and all, and that you stole away our guy. <laughs> sorry, you, you cut out there for a second. I wasn't sure what you said. In the, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, but not, not sorry. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be. He, he should have went where he wanted to. I'm cool with that. So, I guess the the prognosis the, the, the prognosticators are saying it's the Clippers' title to lose. Do you agree with that, or are they got some work to do? Yeah. So I think that you know with the roster that the Clippers have, it's hard to say that they're not definitely championship contenders, right? I think you look around the league, especially with you know Boston losing Kyrie. Golden State taking a step back with Clay being injured and Kevin Durant leaving. I think it makes sense for the Clippers to be the favorites. Um, you know, I, I think the Lakers have a lot more question marks right now than the Clippers do all across their roster. But I will say that the Clippers are a new team. There are still, with any team the first time they come together, there's questions about how it's actually going to mesh and how it's going to materialize. I think personally that Paul George's year last year was an outlier. He's good, but he's flawed and he's not as good as he was in Oklahoma city. So he's going to regress a little bit. And, you know, I think the Clippers are the favorite. I think they should be the favorite, but I still think it would be fair to say you might take the field over them. I've been reading that uh, too, that uh, apparently Leonard says he's in the best uh, shape he's been in. Is there any talk about load management and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So basically, they um, he's not going to load manage as heavily as he did in Toronto last year. He's planning to play the full season, but I still would be I would be really surprised if he plays 82. You know what I mean? I think he's going to sit some back to backs, some road trips, especially if he gets banged up. He's going to be super cautious, but he should play more games than he did last season. That they were being over cautious. Oh yeah, I, and you know I think the Clippers 
the Clippers are going to be cautious too. And the Clippers did this with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul when they had them as well. They were very cautious in the regular season. And I'm sure that if Kawhi gets in a situation where he's got, you know, one of those thigh contusions or sore elbows, you know, that sort of thing, they're going to be careful. But I don't know that they're going to do as much preventative rest as Toronto did. Because what he said was that he came into last season not at 100%. And so they were really managing to make sure that he didn't aggravate his injury and get worse. This season, he's coming in at 100%. So they don't need to do that preventative load management to prevent aggravation. It'll just be super cautious whenever a minor issue does arise. All right. Keeping with the Toronto theme, uh, actually came out today word that the Raptors would like to, if their season doesn't go that great, they would like to trade Lowry and that the Clippers are one of the destinations. Financially, that's the Clippers just don't have the um, they don't have the money to, to make a deal work with Toronto unless they were to send back either, you know, Kawhi or Paul George. Um, I think that I think <laughs> well, a, a guy maybe to watch <laughs> I, I would I would say though when it comes to Toronto, if Toronto's season isn't going well, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Clippers made a play for a guy like Mark Gasol, because what the Clippers yeah, can do they've you know they've they've got Zubats right, but he's younger, he's less proven, he's certainly not quite as good as Gasol, and if they piece together Zubats with Mo Harkless, who's going to be their backup power forward, he has a big expiring deal that gets them in the ballpark of putting a trade together for Marc Gasol. And I think Toronto, you know, Toronto might be interested in getting a guy like Harkless on an expiring um, and a, you know, pretty good long-term deal on a starting caliber center like Zubats. Well, let me ask you this, Lucas, uh, Paul George, he's suffering from an injury right now. What's the expected timeline of his return this on the court in a Clippers uniform. Yeah, I mean, so he's 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 the Clippers actually uh, t- tonight, Tuesday night, while we're recording this, are having their open practice scrimmage that fans can watch, and he's not participating in full contact scrimmage yet, so he's not playing in this. But he did play in some three on three before it started, and he is hoping to play by November. So he's going to miss these first few games. He's definitely not going to play in the opener, but he's really hoping to play um, at some point in November. And I would say definitely, you know, within – I would say by, by mid-November, he should be on the court playing normal minutes. And then it's just a matter of time, you know. He had, shul- he had surgery on both shoulders. So how long does it take the rust to shake off that jumper? We'll, you know, we'll have to see. But um, he should be – on the court within the first few weeks of the season. Montrez Harrell's another interesting guy uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, and he's a guy like Lou Williams that's, from what I'm reading in the Athletic, not projected to start. Going to be going to get more minutes probably at the four or the five than most of the guys on the team, but he's not going to start. Is he more of an off the bench kind of guy than a starter for this Clippers team? I I think so, and I think Montrez Harrell is maybe the X factor for the Clippers season, because you look at the team, obviously at the wings, 
Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, what more could you want for, right? Um, but when it comes down, when it comes to those post positions, they got solid guys, right? Jamichael Green is solid. Mo Harkless is solid. Zubat is solid. Montrez Harrell is a really good bench player. But they don't have a single big man who you would say is a high-level starter. And I think if there's going to be a guy that's going to be a major contributor from those positions, it's going to be Montrez Harrell. Um, you know, he's a guy who's surprised us, I think, every year that he's been with the Clippers. He's done, He's just – he's always done something that you thought he couldn't do before. And I think the big knock on him right now and what suppressed his value the last time he was a free agent was that, you know, he's undersized. He doesn't really shoot. So he can really only play the five. He can't play the four. And you don't feel good about him starting because he's so undersized and he's not a great defender. Well, his defense was way improved last year as a rim protector and a shot blocker. And now this year, He's trying to add a little bit of a mid-range game, some more offensive versatility. And so I could see Montrezl Harrell really having a breakout year this year and not just being the Clippers' third best player and a big, big contributor down low for them, but also being one of the top um, you know, non-superstar free agents next summer as a guy that other teams are really looking at as a high-level starter uh, and probably with a pretty big price tag. Another thing that the Clippers have kind of added around on this bench, uh, you know, they still have Lou Williams, who's a knockdown three-point shooter. And, of course, Landry Shamet, you mentioned earlier, is going to be a guy that they're going to see, is going to see some action. I like the addition of Rodney Magruder on this bench as well, alongside uh, the second year of Jerome Robinson. Uh, you're going to – and Mo Harkless as well. A lot of three-point shooting from this team – because, of course, Kawhi and George can both shoot as well, and Patrick Beverly's not a bad shot either. A lot of three-point shooting on this team in a league where the Clippers are looked at as more of a defensive team with Leonard and George, but there's some good shooting on this bench as well, and I think that's getting overlooked. What do you think about the shooting that the Clippers have this season? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Jermichael Green, who's uh, – Jermichael Green and Mo Harkless are probably going to split time at power forward. They might split starts there as well. Uh, Jermichael Green is a good three-point shooter. And, yeah, the Clippers, the Clippers have shooters, one through four, on both of their units. And I think another, you know, you talk about Roddy McGruder, uh, which is an addition that I'm also a big fan of. McGruder is a guy who's maybe like guy number 10 on this Clippers team. He was a starter for a Miami team that won 42 games. You know, Mo Harkless is a guy who's, who's maybe guy number eight on this Clippers team. He was a starter for, you know, playoff teams, teams that won playoff series in Portland. And both of these guys were drawing, like, high-profile defensive assignments for Miami and Portland, and now they're on the Clippers' second unit. So the amount of – the Clippers just have so many plug-and-play 3-and-D guys across multiple positions that no matter which of their star players uh, any given lineup is built around – they have a lot of guys who can sort of be the glue guy in different situations. So I think the Clippers are really versatile. They can play a lot of different ways. They can play a lot of different combination of guys because they have so many above-average defenders and so many above-average three-point shooters. Tim, another question for Lucas. You know, I'll go for, we'll, we'll go for big air on this one. Um, what is going to be considered a success this year? Uh, do they have to win the West 
at least, or is beating the Lakers enough to keep the fan base satisfied, or is it a title? It's you know keeping if you frame success as keeping the fan base satisfied, the Clippers the Clippers are a fan base with low expectations. Uh, if you're a Clippers <laughs> fan, you have low standards for success, right? Like like. No one gets into being a Clippers fan because they like watching their team win games. You know what I mean? Like, um, so so in terms of keeping the fan base happy, like, I, I you know people have such varying standards, or maybe like I think in, you know for the Lakers fan base, there's kind of a more universal standard of excellence. But I think for the Clippers themselves, anything short of a championship is a failure this year with the roster that they have. I think that's the mindset that that they have and that they need to have I'll say for myself contextually it depends how the season develops if they struggle through adversity if some things don't quite work out um, you know there may be a situation where they don't win the championship but you can still say like hey they learned a lot uh, we figured out what some holes are we have avenues to, to improve that during the offseason you know we have this you know two-year window before Kawhi and Paul George have their player options and so if you can come away from this year, even if you don't win the championship, but feeling really good and knowing that, all right, if we get a little bit of better luck next year and we fix this one roster issue that we had, we can win the championship in year two, you can still feel solid about it. But I, I think the answer, you know, the answer really, what's successful, they got to win it all, I think. I think, you're, I think you're on there. I think they basically have kind of, to some degree, copied the Toronto model where they're going all in and they're going to try to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why I think it's similar to how Toronto justified that Marcus all trade last year. I could totally see the Clippers justifying a similar trade this year, because if you're in, if it's February and you've played 50 games and Zubats does not look like he can be the starting center on a championship team, and Marcus All is available for like a Zubat, Tarkless, Jerome Robinson package. You have to do it. Like you have to get the guy who's good enough to start on a championship team for these next two years. And you figure out what you do after Marcus All, after Marcus All. But right now you get you go get the guy that you need to get. I think you know I I, I have faith in Zubats. I'm not sure that the Clippers will find themselves in that position in February. But if they do they're definitely in that short-term win-now mindset. Like, the window is wide open. They got They have to capitalize on it. Yeah, I think you're worried about next year. Next year. Exactly. Well, and I think right now the Clippers have a two-year window because Kawhi and Paul George both have two seasons before their player option. Right, but, but, but as, far as, as far as the bit players go, you, you, you plug yeah. in whatever you can plug in, and you worry about that next exactly. year if you don't get them back or – they move on, yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah, like, if, Marcus, if you trade for Marcus All and then he retires, like, you're not going to have trouble finding a Zubats-level guy for the mid-level exception to come play with Kawhi, Lord, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. True. I have a question about Kawhi Leonard Paul George playing together. How's that going to work? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be because I've noticed George – while he played with Russell Westbrook, who a lot of people considered a selfish player, George was pretty ball-dominant in Oklahoma City, and he's a ball-dominant player. Kawhi Leonard, also pretty ball-dominant. Are these two going to be able to mesh well together on the court? Is there going to be enough basketball to go around? 
for these two. I know they're both pretty ball dominant guards, but we've seen we've seen players in the past be able to work through that. Can they do that this season? Yeah, I mean, I think you know this is a question that always happens whenever guys team up, right? And I remember thinking for sure that LeBron and Wade were not going to be able to share the basketball. I was just like, there's no way that's going to work. They both need the basketball all the time. And I was very, very wrong. (laughs) Um, You know, that Miami team was very successful. And, you know, Paul George shared with Russell Westbrook, and you can count me as one of those people who thinks Russell Westbrook is a selfish player. Um, I think that if Paul George can share with Russell Westbrook, he can share with anyone. You know, James Harden and Chris Paul, both super ball dominant, had a lot of success together in Houston. I think what's the most interesting thing about this pairing is that unlike the other duos that I just listed, you don't really consider either of Paul or Kawhi to be distributors. But I think that that's an area where maybe they stagger a lot. You know, I was talking about the Clippers have all this depth, so many 3 and D guys at different positions. Maybe they stagger a lot and try to make it work that way. Kawhi has also, you know, it's only in some really limited preseason action, but he has stepped up his playmaking and kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't think we can ever doubt Kawhi at this point. So if he says, oh, I'm just going to start being a distributor and average seven assists a game this year, like would we even really be shocked? You know, he, he can do everything. So I, I, I think they'll be fine. I don't, I don't think it's something major to worry about, but I think it definitely is something that, especially early in the regular season, there might be some awkward moments. Tim, you got one more question for Lucas, and then I can finish him up here in just a right. second. Yeah, I got I got one more about the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. First 11 games, the Clippers have got the Lakers, Golden State, Utah twice, uh, Milwaukee, and Houston in the first 11. Um, well, that might be the tale of their season right there on how they come out of the gate. Yeah, I think it, well, it's what's really unfortunate about having all those hard games early is that they might have to play all 11 of those games without Paul George, or at least, you know, the first half of those 11 games without Paul George. I don't think the Clippers are likely to be the number one seed in the West this season, just because we, you know, this, this team doesn't need to prove that they can win 60 games in a regular season. This team needs to win a championship. And they're going to, at times, sacrifice regular season wins in order to make sure that Kawhi and Paul and even other guys like Patrick Beverly, who's, you know, sort of the Clippers' only real point guard and is definitely injury-prone in his own right, like they're going to make sure that these guys are going to be okay in May and June. And so I don't think they're likely to get the number one seed. They might lose some of these early-going games. I actually don't think that that's going to be a huge – um, you know, if they struggle out of the gate, I don't think that's going to over-determine how their season plays out, especially because they'll get Paul George back. And so in terms of, you know, narrative and confidence, you can say, well, we didn't really – our season doesn't really start until Paul George gets on the floor, and then we feel better, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right to point out that they have a really tough opening stretch. They're probably going to drop more games than we might expect them to drop in their first 10 because of the difficulty. But uh, overall, I think once Paul George gets back – you know, they'll be fine. They'll probably finish second or third in the conference um, and then really look to prove themselves in the postseason. 
Well, one last question for you, Lucas, and I want to thank you for giving us so much time uh, here today on the show, and we appreciate you. But let's go ahead and throw down the gauntlet here. Projected over-under opening odds for the Clippers this season, 51-and-a-half. Do they go over? Do they go under? Or do they hit it? Well, you can't hit 51-and-a-half. Do they go over? Do they go under? And where do you see them finishing up this season? What You already said you don't think they'll be the one. We think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm almost certain of that. Where do they finish, though? What seed do you see them getting out west? You, you've got you got the over-under at 51. That's the opening I mean, win you gotta, odds. You gotta, you gotta put some money on the over, my friend. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean that's the I think, opening win odds. The win total odds now are fifty three and a half. Uh, that was the opening. I think odds, the, but. the I I don't know what. Um, yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big sports better. Um, but I know we did a series at SB Nation about season prediction, and whatever books that they used had the Clippers at fifty six point five. Um, and I took the I took the over on fifty six point five, so I'm definitely going to take the over on fifty one point five. My number my number for the Clippers this season is fifty eight. I think I I'm looking right at fifty eight and twenty four. What I think their record will be, I think that'll put them probably third. If I had to predict, I would say I think they probably finish third. Um, I think Denver is set up to win a lot of regular season games again. I actually think Utah with the addition of Mike Conley is going to make some big steps this year. So I think Utah and Denver might be one and two in the regular season. Clippers don't quite put the pedal to the metal in the same way as those two teams in the regular season finish up in third with 58 wins. All right, Lucas, we appreciate you jumping on here and giving us so much of your time. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you and find your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Lucas J. Han. The blog is clipsnation.com. And if you search Clips Nation in like your Apple podcast feed or anywhere else, you'll find our site's two very good podcasts that I frequently am on as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for working with us and getting this podcast fixed and getting it on the track here. And we're happy to have you on anytime. And hopefully next time we won't have so many technical issues. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I was. Um, I, you know, I, I delayed a couple times. I'm glad that I was able to make it on. Thank you guys so much for having me. Anytime. And I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping that the next time we talk to you, that I get to tell you how great it was to watch your team beat the daylights out of the Lakers. <laughs> me too. That's what I want more than anything: is beat the Lakers. <laughs> right. You got that Christmas Day game circled, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll be back in LA for it too. Oh, that's great. Great to hear. Well, thanks again, Lucas. We hope to talk to you again real soon. All right. Talk to you. Have a good one, man. Thanks. Thanks. That was our conversation with Lucas Hahn, one of the L.A. Clippers credential guys. Tim, are you with me? I'm with you, Nate. Well, Tim. I'll tell you this. You know who else is with us? Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They are with us. They are great sponsors. And they also got in some, I don't know if you remember this. I remember these as a kid. Vintage Polly Pocket goodies. Anybody remember Polly Pocket? Remember that? I was was alive before Polly Pocket was invented, probably. (laughs) Probably. 
But uh, yeah, Polly Pocket was a, a great item back at way back when when I was young. I remember those items. But uh, they got some of them for sale uh, over on Atomic Comics and Collectibles. They range in price from five to fifty dollars depending on the rarity. And uh, you should head on over and check them out. That's Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC on Facebook. Go check them out. Let's hear some more from our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Just to throw it out there, Nate, uh, pa- uh, Polly Pocket, uh, first designed in 1983 and on sale in America in 1989. Hmm. 1989, year before I was born. Well, there we go. We know that. Out of high school for but, four years. Ouch. Well, you old man. Let's head on <laughs> over now, Tim. We've, we've delayed it all night. Our good friend, he's back. He's better. And uh, let's see what's going on. Here we are. What week are we in? Four, five? This is week four, uh, correct? I think it was week four of the Boggus Report, I believe. All right. Let's take it to our man Cecil and the Boggus Report. The following is a Wide Men Can't Jump special news bulletin. I'm Cecil B. Buxnart here in Chicago, where, of course, things have transpired. Uh, and if you would have to be living under a rock to not know what has taken place in the last few weeks, but of course, as we know, some people do not follow the news and are stuck on LeBron James in China and other crazy things. So we are going to quickly update you. Uh, we are here, of course, in Chicago, where Ed Bogus, the Shinston sinkhole, has returned triumphantly to the city of Chicago setting the town ablaze. Um, I haven't seen heat like this since the Great Fire of 1871. And, of course, it reminds me of that great wrestling bout between uh, the hangman Bruce Pobans and uh, Andre the Giant uh, for the IWA World Championship. Of course, that's the imaginary wrestling alliance. Um, Of course, for those of you who don't know, um, Bogus, after his uh, suspension by uh, Commissioner Silva, said he would boycott all NBA games and functions, and he promised to uh, not eat another bite of Chinese food until uh, he was reinstated. Um, Of course, uh, as you well know, uh, a consortium of Chinese restaurant owners uh, petitioned uh, Commissioner Silver, uh, demanding that uh, uh, Shinston Sinkhole Ed Bogus be allowed back uh, on his uh, NBA uh, concession stand world tour, 
um, because of course they'd be uh, run out of business without uh, his patronage. Uh, <laughs> Bogus being the uh, genius that he is, of course, then uh, parlayed that into uh, the NBA has uh, purchased a, a candy corn factory and has promised to uh, ban the sale of Diet Coke in uh, all venues. Uh, uh, upon the news of the, that, this news, uh, Boggs agreed to return, and of course he went to uh, Chicago yesterday and uh, filed uh, this report for us. Um, as always, uh, Boggs uh, surprisingly uh, reticent to uh, appear uh, on film or on audio. So once again, uh, yours truly, Cecil B. Bucks Nort was there uh, to report on what happened, and I must say, as always, no disappointment. Uh, Chicago uh, decided to take it simple. Uh, uh, one might say uh, food for the common man, uh, not unlike their basketball team, a little bland, uh, no real superstars, uh, despite wow. uh, their great, great history. Uh, I mean, first up, we had the uh, Phil Jackson uh, jalapeno poppers. These little babies are <laughs> shaped like triangles and are hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Uh, we had to pull Boggs away from that area. Uh, next up, of course, was the uh, John Paxson pasta, uh, a beautiful dish. Uh, apparently, uh, not quite enough cheese uh, for uh, Boggs, but uh, uh, but still a thumbs up. Uh, the Tony Tony Kukoc uh, Croatian creation. That's a mouthful. Turned out to be a mouthful too, according to Boggs. Is uh, he really wasn't sure what this was, and uh, unlike other venues, there was no uh, no descriptions of the dishes this uh, in Chicago. They kind of left it up to your to your imagination. Um, Bogus was uh, was stymied by this dish. Didn't know what was in it. We'll have to see if we can get a hold of Mr. Kukoc and uh, <laughs> to figure out what that was. Uh, then of course we had the uh, Luke Longley lasagna, which. Uh, Apparently was uh, a little bit bland, uh, a lot of noodle, not a lot of hamburger, not a lot of substance. Uh, but but uh, you know if you're hungry it'll get the job done. And then of course because it's Chicago, uh, we had the Scotty Pippen deep dish pizza, which uh, well one one when we're talking about that dish we must also talk about the Michael Jordan goat pizza. Of course, the uh, Jordan Goat Pizza, available in uh, several uh, uh, flavors, uh, but uh, costs uh, 39.99. Whereas the uh, Scotty Pippen uh, Deep Dish Pizza uh, also comes in the fully loaded deluxe uh, version, and is only 19.99. Uh, <laughs> and from what we could tell, pretty much does the same job as the Jordan Pizza, just not quite as flashy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known? Now. Bogus was about to sample uh, a drink from the Chicago uh, concession stand when uh, things went crazy. Um, LeVar Ball showed up and demanded a one-on-one with uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, Jordan, of course, being the uh, competitor that he is obliged, and uh, he quickly hit uh, two fadeaway jumpers then hit uh, four three-pointers in rapid succession, and then dunked uh, over uh, a ball and uh, for a slam and a victory. Uh, LeVar Ball jumped up and repeatedly said that was a charge. It was a charge. 
Uh, this <clears throat> this reporter, uh, pretty sure it was a blog. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, in in the event of that, uh, in the preceding uh, action that took place, uh, there was just there was so much. Uh, forgive me for not being able to quite get this out correctly. Uh, it appears that uh, Jordan landed a blow to uh, the groin of uh, Levar Ball. Uh, knocking him to the ground. Now, at this point, a blind Bruce Pobans oh, no. stumbled onto the court and attempted to pin LeVar Ball for what he thought was the 24-7 title. Um, of course, it wasn't, but it is the big baller brand title. Uh, uh, Pobans was uh, named a champion. And this is where things really got interesting. Uh, Ed Boggess, always the opportunist, uh, was quick to act. Uh, uh, he pinned Pobans. After hitting him over the head with a Blu-ray copy of uh, both Pobans' upcoming film, Bocas. Yeah, I know. I never heard of it either. Uh, uh, getting three count. Uh, Bogus then announced he was going to combine the uh, IWA title and the uh, Big Baller Brand title into the IBBWA title, which, of course, is the Imaginary Big Ball Wrestling Association. Uh, and upon that announcement, Tom Robinson appeared in the crowd and announced that he would be the number one challenger to the fake ball title. Whew, that's a lot to take in, people. So, uh, getting back to the concession stand thing, uh, Boggs gives uh, Chicago a, uh, a B-. minus. Uh, he really didn't think they put in quite the work they have in previous weeks. Uh, that might be on the marketing team, uh, I don't know, or perhaps the fact that... Uh, uh, one of the writers was a bit lazy. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, uh, all in all, a successful return to the NBA concession stand uh, world tour. Uh, Ed Boggess, uh, now uh, IBBWA, or IBB, yeah, IBBWA uh, world champion. Good Lord, that's a mouthful. We need to change that just to something else. I, I don't know. But anyway, and we can look forward to, I believe, next week we will have uh, coverage of the Tom Robinson uh, Ed Boggess, uh, best two out of three fall uh, wrestling match in a steel cage, no holds barred, uh, no DQ, uh, coal miner glove on a pole, uh, <laughs> deliver your package, don't sign your name, title belt. <laughs> I look forward to it. But anyway, that's it for me, Cesar B. Busnort. Uh I hope everyone had a great week, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Have a good day. My coat of many colors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> I, I don't know what else I got. Tom Robinson versus Ed Boggess in a two out of three fall. What was it now? Cage match, no holds barred, no DQ, coal miner's glove on a pole. Deliver your package and don't sign for it, Matt. I'm speechless. That's a lot of steps, and I'll tell you what, Tim. <laughs> what what Cecil bringing it as he does every week? I mean, you Goodness. think of the knowledge this man possesses, knowing the filmography of Bruce Pobans. <laughs> for real. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well. Tim, it's, anyway. it's time. It's the way we end every season tip-off show. It's time for our NBA predictions. Now, I'll say this. This week, 
We are just going to predict the East and West playoffs. And, of course, a champion. We're going to pick our champions this week. Next week, Tim, homework assignment. Next week, we will figure out who we think will be the sixth man of the year, who will be the rookie of the year, who will be the MVP. Dio Mamba, the Jungle Savage. Oh, God. And possibly, if you can do it, most improved player. Those will be our – those will be our – picks next week so this week you get the playoffs i'm giving you a week's heads up are you ready though to dive in to the I nba can, i can give you my top uh eight yes all in right both, in both uh, divisions you and i will start go ahead and lead off with your number eight in the east my number eight in the east is the chicago bulls the Bulls. Oh, wow. Indeed. Taking a page out of mine and Tom's book last year with the Bulls. I have the Bulls at eight. Okay. Well, see, I'm going to go again with a team that made some noise last year, but they didn't really do much. I'm thinking the eight seed is them again this year. That's the Detroit Pistons. I'll take the Pistons in the eight spot. I had the Pistons at nine, Nick. Nah, just missing it. All right. Who would be your seventh seed? Um, uh, in at number seven, I have the Indiana Pacers. Ooh, low on my Pacers. Seven spot. Mm, Tim going with the Pacers at seven. That's a tough one there, Tim. That is. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. At seven, I'm going to take – I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets, well, they got Kyrie. They lost a lot of pieces, and I think D'Angelo Russell was perfect to lead that team. I don't see them getting past uh, seven this year, not without Durant. So I'm going to go with Brooklyn at seven. You're six. I have Brooklyn at six. Brooklyn at six. Well, see, I'm going to take Toronto at six. I have the Raptors squeaking in at six. Um, for many reasons we talked about earlier with uh, the loss of Kawhi. I think they get the sixth seed, though. All right, Tim, you're number five. Might shock you with this one a bit. Okay. I have, I have the Miami Heat at number five. I, too, have the Miami Heat at five. Um, well, about well, the addition of Jimmy Butler, I think Tyler Hero's a player. Um, they've got they've got some pieces down there. Bam Adebayo, I, I think the Heat can pull off the five seed. All what right, you're number Oh, you're number four. Uh, I have Toronto at number four. Toronto at four. See, I'm going Indiana at four. I think the Pacers will be better than people expect this year, especially when Oladipo comes back. The addition of Malcolm Brogdon will lead them to the promised land of four. All right. Number three for you, Tim. <laughs> I have the Celtics at number three. I have to agree. I think the Celtics are a three seed. Um, even even though they lose Kyrie and Horford, they Kimball Walker, who's a great piece and a great player. So I'll agree with you. Boston at three. Tim, who's your number two? The 76ers, number two. I got to agree. 76ers at two, just not enough bench depth to get them that number one. And I'm assuming we have the same number one. Go ahead, Tim. We, in fact, do the New York Knicks. No, just kidding. 
Uh, I have, of course, Giannis, the freak, and uh, the Bucks yeah. at number one. Yes, I agree. The Milwaukee Bucks, the perennial number one this year. Uh, all roads go through Milwaukee to get to the finals. All right. Who do you have coming out of the East, Tim? Who's going to make? Who's going to represent the East in the finals this year? Oh God, I don't know about that. Uh, I will take uh, Milwaukee. I gotta agree. Uh, Milwaukee's depth uh, will lead them to be the team to beat in the um, East this year. Philly's Philly's lack of depth is the only thing hurting them. Old Depot coming back. I don't know. He's injury prone. Yeah, they added Brogdon. I, not enough in Miami. So, yeah, Boston, just not enough there. I like Milwaukee. You like Milwaukee. Yeah, so. yeah that would be my pick on paper. I, I can't see. Like yeah. I said, and Phil, I don't trust Embiid and Simmons either. Good players, both of them, but they're, they're just gonna, Philly is really going to have to progress to, to beat I don't trust Milwaukee. Simmons. Yeah, I don't trust Simmons. Seven. Well, I, I don't trust Embiid. Embiid's. I don't trust Embiid's body. Let's put it that way. How about that? that guy gets I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you this. Um, I haven't decided who I think will win MVP, and I'll share that next week, but Embiid's on my short list. There's a good possibility that dude could win MVP yeah, this year. Yeah, no, uh, no argument there. Right, but we'll see. We'll see what we come up with next week. All right, Western Conference, Tim. This is where it gets difficult, if you ask me. Number eight. Um, at number eight, I have the San Antonio Spurs. You know... The Spurs were – they were the eight last year. And while I think the Spurs will be – I think they'll be a good team. I think they'll do well. I have them in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be the eight seed, though. Let me let me look here. You know, just with the way things are going out west, it, it's it, there's a dogfight for eight. In the West. Oh yeah, there was nothing easy about this. No, the, this is, this is definitely not easy. Because um, you got so many teams that you're going, yeah, they'll make it. Yeah, they'll make it. Yeah, they're in. Oh, yeah, somebody um, can't. So. Yeah, somebody can't. You. you know, a lot of people don't think the Thunder will be much this year. I have them falling out of the playoffs. So do I. I have them at twelve, actually. Yeah, you know. I guess I'm going to have to agree with you. I didn't have the Spurs at eight, but now that I look at it, I kind of have to. So I'm going to go Spurs my, my, at eight. Yeah, my trouble, my pick was between them and Memphis, and I had to just lean towards the Memphis. Uh, I had Memphis at. I've got Memphis at nine. Oh my God! I don't see that at all. Uh-huh. I see Memphis at like thirteen or fourteen. Oh God! Oh no! The, uh, the Kings and the Suns will be thirteen and fourteen. The Kings, the Kings are awesome. The Kings would be more no, nine than the, gonna, than the Grizzlies. They're going to be horrible this year. You watch. I I don't see that. Well, we'll wait and see. All right, I guess we'll have to. I mean, Dallas could slip in there at eight. I could see that, but I'm going to go with San Antonio. Oh, Lord, I've got I've got Dallas last. Oh my God, you've lost your mind. <laughs> but Memphis, I'm Memphis. I put Memphis behind Dallas. Well, no. Well, it doesn't matter. Not in the playoffs is not in the playoffs. That's true. I guess Dallas would prefer to be last than ninth. (laughs) Going to get that that pick, baby. All right. Well, San Antonio at eight for both of us. How about number seven? Uh, I've got the Pelicans at seven. Look at you. 
putting the Pelicans in the playoffs. Look at you sliding them in there. See, I can't, I can't go there. Um, I've got. Well, remember now too. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty new to this yet. But I'm just going. With, I know. I mean, hey, bit, you never. It stats. could happen. Yeah, it could very stats. much happen. A little bit gut, a little bit heart there. I, 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 I was a, I wasn't a pro Zion guy. Not because I don't like the guy, but I thought the hype was a little, little much. But it's starting to look like maybe it's not. And I'd like to see new. I'd like to see him do well. That's a little tiny part of it, but I, I got him sneaking in there. Okay, I, I I can see that happening. Um, at seven for me, man, this is this is really hard. Oh, um, good luck, sir. And you know a lot more about it than I do, so you know it's not easy coming up with this. I had no, trouble right to the, to the to the very first pick. I had trouble due to the due to the shakeups and the injuries and the new personnel. The Golden State Warriors they fall to seven. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay, but I think they're going to struggle without Clay for a little while. I think Steph is still going to have an MVP-like season, but they lost Iguodala. Sean Livingston is retired. This is a new team, uh, and they've got to get used to each other. And the West, there's no learning curve in the West. So, seven for the Warriors. All right, Tim, you're number six. I have Denver at number six. Wow, the Nuggets. Um, Los Angeles Lakers at number six. Uh, Anthony Davis, great. LeBron, great. Everybody else, kind of, eh, yeah, in my opinion. So um, LeBron's getting up there. Davis, uh, he's injury prone. I predict Anthony Davis will spend significant time injured this year. Uh, and the Lakers will get into the playoffs, but it'll be in the sixth, the sixth seed. And my main thought on that is with Davis, if Davis is not hurt, they can easily be the two. But I think Davis is going to be hurt more than what people think. So I'm going to go with the uh, L.A. Lakers at the six. All right. All right, Tim, you're number five. I've got the Lakers at five. Okay, Lakers at five. Uh, I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers at five. They always seem to be right around that area somewhere. They played well last year, but most people weren't expecting it. I think they'll um, they'll struggle a little more this year with all the hard competition. So Portland at five for me. All right, team, your top four. Here we go. Number four. I've got the uh, Warriors at four. Okay, I'm putting the Houston Rockets at number four. Uh, with all their turnover and lack of depth, I think they'll they'll get in at four. I think they still get a home series out of that. Number three, the Jazz. I've got to agree with you. The Utah Jazz are very good and very deep. I'll go with them at the three seed as well. All right, your number two, uh, the Clippers at number two. I agree. I think the Clippers are the two seed waiting to happen. I will take the Clippers at two as well. All right, Tim, your number one seed in the West this year. Who wins the West? Uh, Houston Rockets, because the regular season doesn't count for much. You take Houston. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets will win the regular season this year as they have only gotten better. 
and they're playing together. This Denver team is scary. They're deep. Jokic is fantastic, and they are built to win the West this season. Do I think they're going to make it to the finals? Well, let's see. Tim, who do you got going to the finals out of the West? The Clippers. Tim? I have Los Angeles Clippers. I agree. I agree. I just can't see it going any other way. And if it does, the defense is too good. The defense is too yeah, good. Um, it's going to be tough. You, it's hard to beat a good defensive team seven game series. And I don't see anybody doing it. They were decent last year, and they added two two stars. So yeah, who are both good? Are both very very good players? Very good, and they have a great coach. So that doesn't hurt yeah, either. No, it doesn't. Very All right, helpful. Tim. You and I both have the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals. Who are you taking to win it all? Uh, I'm taking the Clippers to win it all. Clippers to win it all. I I'll like tell you the what, Bucks, Tim. But I just don't know. I think they may have to. They may have to lose once to win, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Whereas the Again, Clippers it comes are, down, it comes the down to are a, right, but the Clippers are also not a team of guys who who haven't done this before. They they're they're not on a learning curve to what it takes to win titles. Well, they they've got, got one guy that's done. They've got, got a guy. guy okay, but we we know that one guy can carry a, a team in Toronto that was certainly yeah. no better or worse than what's in L.A. So, and I would argue probably worse. To be honest, I disagree. I think I think that Clippers team without Kawhi is better than the Raptors team without Kawhi. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Know, I'm I'm agreeing with you that the, the Clippers have got a better team. If you take Kawhi off of both teams, who's a better team? It's it's the Clippers. Oh, okay. So, so we agree. So, right. You Canadians so, say everything best. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know, we we well we don't speak in riddles in these backwoods riddles like West Virginians. But anyway. Yeah, so I, so I can't see – if he can drag Toronto to a title, he can certainly drag the Clippers to the title. Well, so. you and I are both – we're being boring again this year, folks. We're both predicting the same thing. i got the Clippers winning it, as does Tim. And, of course, that's the easy pick, as you will know. It's the easy well, pick. And uh, last year we all thought the Warriors would win it too, and yeah, that didn't happen. You didn't. You didn't mention though, that Tom Robinson had the uh, Philadelphia uh, G-Sticks winning it all from the ABA. <laughs> uh, Tom Robinson will be donating his coat to the winners. But anyway, that's Tim, that's going to wrap that, it up for yeah, tonight. That's it. We're, we're in extra time, so we, we probably need to wrap and, it up. Uh, another fun show, another great way to kick off a uh, new season, season three of Wide Men Can't Jump, our second year as uh, second full year has come to an end. We now head to our third season, and uh, man, oh man, how far we've come! And Ed Ed Bogus will be going where uh, next week? Um, Cleveland, didn't it? Uh, uh, he went to Charlotte. He's been to Chicago. Um, yeah, I guess he'll be visiting the Cavaliers in Cleveland next week. Well, there you go. Ed Bogg is heading to Cleveland. And uh, now Tim and I will be heading for the exit. As this Cleveland episode of Watching Can't Jump has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New. 
Strip Cam Fun, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meat. So check out our great sponsor. Show them some love. You love them, and they love us. So in turn, they love you. I've been so there told you go. That- I've been told that you must refer to Ed Boggus as the IWB or IBBWA champion from now on. I can't even do that. Uh, Mr. Boggus. Make sure that you're downloading the show on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Uh, If you're an iTunes listener, an Apple listener, head over to Apple and rate the show. I know, um, just search Wide Men Can't Jump. We had some issues with our our upload, and now it's showing we only have one rating. We had a bunch more before that. So if you haven't rated the show in a while, go back and check. Go rate the show. Leave some comments, reviews. uh, Leave us a five-star rating if you think we've earned it. We appreciate all you guys for listening in. Over 70 countries and over 100 episodes as now we head off into Season 3. We'll be talking about both games that happen on Tuesday next week. And we'll be previewing some of the games on Wednesday. Go ahead, Tim. And uh, just a special uh, thanks to uh, Tom and uh, Karen for being good sports. Let me uh, pick some fun at them. Uh, It will continue uh, next week's target, Nate Bush. Oh, boy. Uh, You can make fun of my fantasy football team as I'm 0-6 in the (laughs) wide men's fantasy league. But Uh, uh, nevertheless – Something that's as factually crappy as your fantasy football team. We are we are exponentially terrible. But anyway, go check out everything. Thanks to our sponsors. Check out the Patreon page. There's a new Patreon show up with Henry O'Godwin. Check it out. You'll be seeing that posted on Facebook and Twitter within the next day or two. Head on over. Show us some love. Follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. I'm at MMITM Nathan. He's at Tileman68. And I believe that's that's it for tonight. Oh, Follow oh, at one more, Shock. No, go ahead. One more thing. Um, if you live in the West Virginia area or the state of West Virginia, uh, school kids need uh, lunches. Uh, dig into your pockets, cheap bastards. This is kids we're talking about. This isn't Nate and Tim. This isn't for my bookie or any you know any of this kind of stuff. There's some kids who aren't eating. It ain't right. And uh, if you can, do something to help. Uh, check it out. Uh, we'll put something up on the page. But, uh, yeah, my mother, a, my mother's a teacher, and she is over the food pantry, and they're restocking it. They're sending home uh, food bags uh, for not be students people. each week for uh, with a four day weekend ahead. Thanksgiving breaks coming up. They need some help. Tim and I are both donating to this cause. Any amount will do. If you want to, um, if you want to make a donation, they'll uh, take uh, actual stuff too. I believe uh, it doesn't have yeah. to be money if you've got. I mean, if you want, like they're looking for pop tarts, breakfast bars, juice, ramen noodles, Raymond ramen noodles, uh, easy Mac Mac and cheese, chips, breakfast cereals, snack food like cheese crackers, uh, fruit gummies, fruit cups, things like that. If you want to donate that, or if you want to make a monetary donation, uh, get in contact with me or Tim, and we'll make sure that um, your money gets to where it needs to go. And I will see you to that myself because this is my mother, and these are. Uh, these are hungry kids, and we're trying to uh, help them out. So, yes. um, yeah, we'll make sure we do that. So, uh, thanks again to everybody for your help with that call. So, all that being said, Tim, uh, well, you, you entirely cut out on me there, Nate. I didn't hear a word you said. I said, send us home, damn it. Oh, uh, well, first you take the uh, 
I-90 to uh, Shinston, and uh, then you make a right at uh, the... I think uh, it's I-79. <laughs> oh, I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't live there. It's, uh, yeah, I've been told to make a right at the sheets. Uh, of course, you stop <laughs> off there first for some uh, You got to stop food, the though, sheet because, first. You don't just uh, drive then, by the uh, sheets, my good man. You, you uh, drive uh, south until uh, you see the Taco Bell. Uh, you should stop there, of course. And uh, Nate, uh, would you like a... Well, Nate will eat just about anything from Taco Bell. So anyway, once True. you get to there... But before we go, that appearance by background you. Josh Brown. Oh, Josh Brown. He's made an appearance, ladies and gentlemen. What I, mean, I thought the man... You missed the I whole show. He, I thought he died. What no. We got, what we got left? We're overtime. Well, oh. Anything you... Anything you want, Josh Brown, talk. I want to then. Sure. Because it's overtime. It is. You're paying by the minute now. I can hold you up as long as I want to, and you got to pay for it. Not really. No. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. I ain't even gotta say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WideBeanCanShum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WideBean to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.